I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> but it's not until they walk down the aisle that they find out that she is actually a he. You, you have to be healed from your past. Mm. You have to face you. You have to deal with some hard truths that you are not the person that you really think you are unless you've really taken time to look at yourself. Um, let's have that sex talk. You know, how do you like it? How many times do you want it? You know, how do you want it? I wouldn't see their intrusive question is if these are, if this is a person that you say you're going to spend the rest of your life with, I want to know what do you think about these things? Hey guys, welcome back to the Candid Podcast. We are back for part two. Do enjoy the rest of the episode with the lambs. How many years were you divorced for? 25. So you divorced for 25 years. He remarried, and then I remarried. Oh, so you remarried. Okay, let's talk about your remarriage, because you, <laughs> his. Let's, you can't get away from this. <laughs> you were good on that road. <laughs> so you remarried. Um, how long after you divorced did you marry? Did you, did you ten years. So ten years after you then got remarried. So what was that relationship like? Like, and how long did that last for? Ooh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> that was... That relationship was an eye-opener, if any. So I moved outside of my culture. Um, I moved to a whole different country. It was, it was a lot, hmm. a lot. So, But it was also different um, because in those 10 years, you know, you had those years of still being promiscuous, you know, with, with many different people. And then then rededicating your life to Christ. And so even though I was raised in the church, I didn't have that relationship with God. And so it was really during that time that I recommitted my life to Christ and really pursued that. So once Sam left and, and we divorced, my whole focus was going into church. And I was, I think I was probably out of the church for maybe about four or five years after that. But then I really started to really, um, develop my relationship with God. So that helped me with the healing process. And strangely enough, I ended up staying in the church that he introduced me to. So I was going to the church that his family used to attend. Um, and that's where I ended up staying, you know, with, with my sons and um, really just committing to, to God. That was, that was my safe place. Mm. You know what I mean, going through, through the divorce, it was a church that really helped me and carried me mm. um, at the time I was um, in the praise and worship teams in the choir. So I was really committed to the things of God and just, you know, my worship, everything for me was just really, really focused at that time on the things of God. So it really, really helped um, with my healing process with everything that went through, that we went through. And um, so 10 years on, you know, I was like, okay, maybe it's time to really start focusing on um, having somebody in my life, you know? Mm. And I went on to a dating, a Christian website, dating website. <laughs> Hello, come on. And I had been on the, you know, on the website for a while, probably a couple of months. And it was one of those that you had to pay for, like to be, that had to be a subscription. Yeah. 
Um, and then I had decided, okay, you know what? I'm done with this. I don't want to, you know, not bother with this anymore. Then I started one more time. I said, okay, one more time, I'll do this. <laughs> and it was that one more time that I actually met him. And at the time he was over in Italy and he was a pastor. He was an evangelist at the time um, in Italy, although he was Nigerian. And so he was having conferences oh. and he, you know, he knew that I was a singer. And um, he invited me to come over um, to Italy to be the, the, the singer at the program that they were going to have. And we got to talking and, you know, it's like he told me that he's looking for a wife and, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Let's pray about this. And we fasted and we prayed and was like, God, if you're in this, you know, open doors for us and make ways for us. And truly things just began to line up. And so I finally went over. And when I went over, um, we had about seven pastors from different places. Um, and he asked me to marry him right there. Got engaged like a few nights after the conference. I was like, okay. Wait, okay. After, just a, that's after just going to see him for the first time? Yeah, well, we had been online. So we've been online dating, you know, yeah, online dating pretty How much. How though? Six months. For six months, you've been talking online. And then after six months, you then go over to Italy to see him. Getting engaged. He proposes to you. And then a few months after that, I left. I came back home. Sorry. So I came back home. After you got engaged, we came back home. I came back home. And then I planned to leave. And I was like, okay. Um, I think it was like two, three months later, I was back to get married. Wow. Okay. Yep. So... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Girl, you are getting a loaded session you have to do this in like, parts oh my god wow this is a lot this is so much but so you now go back to Italy did you marry in England or did you marry in Italy nope married in Italy so you're now married in Italy you're now the, the wife of an evangelist I guess a minister or a pastor and everything like that first of all did you see any red flags whilst oh. you were there because you know, uh, Samuel saw his at the first, but he was like, he was talked out of it, went through, and then still went on. What were your red flags in this? In fact, a week before I was due to get married, I canceled my wedding. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He was uh, verbally abusive. I mean, when I tell you the things that he would say, he would bring up my, and it, by the way, he was Nigerian and Igbo man. Oh Igbo. God. Yes. Sorry. Ah, why are you saying Ogona? Anyway. <laughs> um, and I didn't know, I didn't understand the culture. I didn't know the culture. Mm. I would look at Nollywood movies. I figured that was my, that was my introduction to um, what was going on and, and, you know, what the people were like. I think the first movie I ever watched uh, that had anything to do with African was um, Osophia in London. Ah, my goodness me, of all things. <laughs> yeah. So um, very, very interesting. Um, and so I left Bermuda. Um, I left my kids, you know, back at home with, uh, for, you know, when I first came out. Mm -hmm. And then it was my mother, my best friend, and my kids that were coming out to this wedding. And unbeknownst to me, um, one of my cousins came along as well to surprise me. 
uh, for the wedding, but I had called them and said, listen, I'm not getting married. Like, cause the abuse was real. We actually had um, a bit of a fight like a week before we were due to get married um, because of his insecurities. And I later found out, now this is crazy because I think I probably found out maybe about two years ago, three years ago, why we actually fought that day. And cause I, for me, it was like, I have never seen this man like this. Like he was angry. I have to say that from the beginning. He was, when you talk about anger, he had grade A anger. Wow. Um, like there were times, even when we were courting, he was, he was a, a short man. So I would have to like lift him up to move him out, like take him away from scenarios. Cause it was really bad, his anger. And he would, he would argue with everybody. Um, he was shorter than me, put it that way. <laughs> but it was it was really really bad his anger was really bad and he was um just abused just verbally abusive mm. um and he would always say well, you know have you come to have you come to add to my life you know or have you come to take away from my life my whole marriage was a lie I mean an, uh, my whole marriage was a lie and and because of my relationship with God, I would always go back to him and I would say, but what is God saying about this? And, you know, before you make the decision, but what is God saying about this? Like, why don't you, why don't you hear from God first? Like, because he was over in Italy, um, I would send him, you know, everything on TD Jakes. You know, he used to tell people, you know, I feed from her hands um, because she's developed me so much. Like, just, he was a really, he was a real village man. So like, even with, <laughs> You know, he would say that he would eat with his fingers where I taught him to eat with a fork, you know what I mean? Um, so it was just, it was just really, it was, I mean, our life was crazy. We lived in Italy um, and we, I actually commuted for three years backwards and forwards before he now actually came to um, the UK. Visas turned down, you know, and still had to go and fight for him, being verbally abusive. Even, okay, so even, let me, let me regress a bit digress a bit sorry um so when I said that I was gonna that we weren't gonna get married the week before my when I called my mom and I called my best friend and my best friend just cried and cried because she came from she's had well multiple marriages but she's also um been abused in all of her well just about all of her relationships and so she she recognized the sign and so she just cried and cried and she was begging me like, don't go through this, don't go through this. And then I called my mom and I told my mom about it. And my mom's like, listen, I'm not even hearing that. You know, I'm, I'm not having it. We'll talk about it when I get there. And so they came over and when we get to get them at the airport, came back home that night and we stayed up literally um, that whole night, you know, just talking, talking. Um, and I think it was my cousin at the time. And she said, listen, the enemy is fighting you guys so bad because he knows that when you come together, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And so it was like, mm -hmm. mm, all right. And then for me, in all honesty, I said it and I'll continue to say it. I think the reason that I really went through with the marriage was because of pride. Um, knowing that I left my little island of Bermuda to go and marry, you know, this, this pastor. Right. And um, now, what are you going to say? You're going to go back home and say, this didn't work out. You've already had one marriage that didn't work out. Like you can't let this happen, happen a second time. Um, so yeah, reluctantly, 
I went through it and I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, maybe things will get better, but I knew it was bad. And it, it, I mean, we had some good times, but there, the, the bad times really overshadowed the good times. Mm. Was he ever physical? Yeah, it was horrible. Nope. I mean, there was twice, I think twice when it was physical, the once just before we married. And then the second time was one night um, when he, when he had come to England, um, I, I had, a, well, so I lived with my family. I lived with my, my dad and my two sons and then my niece um, lived with us at the time. And he didn't want that at all. He didn't want my family, he didn't want my kids to come over. He didn't want, um, I couldn't talk about my children around him. Even when we were in Italy, you know, it was a taboo for them. How could you be? And he would say to me, you know, you're so bold. And I'm very open, as you can hear, as you can tell. So it was like, but how dare you speak about children that you have with somebody else, but you haven't even given me any children, you know, that type of thing. Um, so talking about my children would cause an argument. And for me as a mother who's open, talking about my children was natural. You know, it was mm. just the normal thing to do. So I always knew that if I spoke about my children when we were in public, by the time I got home, I would get it. You know, if, if, if he allowed it to get home because he would abuse me in front of people like verbally he didn't care he would you know um so it was it was it was yeah so, so how, long, how, how long were you in that marriage for five years five years so you were in italy married to this man for three years three years and then he came here um he was only here for two years before and and where that broke down was um my son and my dad they wanted to kill him really yeah. And, oh yeah it was it got really really bad because he wouldn't you know he would I, I I always had a nervous breakdown and I would never forget that day um because I was I would be fighting with him so we lived in a five uh, uh, a townhouse at the time five bedroom townhouse and we would we were on the top floor my dad was on the other side so I would be in my bedroom defending my family uh to him wow. and then I'll be with my family and I've got to be defending him to my family yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was in this constant um war you know with 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 the two of them there was no peace whatsoever and you know they were fighting they wanted to kill him and he wanted to kill them um and I think it got really crazy when I found that he was sleeping with a knife you know, under the bed, uh, my son had come to me and said to me, you know, I sit in my bedroom thinking, how can I kill this guy and get away with it? You know, oh. so when, when they, I actually had traveled, I traveled and I got a call to say, um, you know, the police is at your house. I called my pastor at the time, God bless him and said, listen, you know, can you get over there and, and just mediate? And he told him it was really, um, it was better for him if he left. And he went down then to go and live with his cousin in um, in London. And that's where he stayed. He, he never really came back. Um, but I knew what his, the circumstances for him coming in was he was on a settlement visa, which means we had to stay married. So I'm thinking, listen, if you leave this house and he begged me, can I go and, and stay somewhere else? And I was like, no, cause I'm not gonna lie for you. Like our whole marriage, like I said, was built on a oh, lie. Complete lie, yeah wow that is that is hella crazy and like obviously nobody ever wants to go through 
um, any kind of abuse whatsoever. And it sounded like he has very controlling ways, like trying to basically cut you off from your life support. Listen, let me tell you how, how bold he was. Before he came to the country, I spoke with my pastor, I spoke to the prophet of my church, and I said, listen, you know, he's even in Italy, his circle is still Nigerians. So he really has a bit like when I used to explain to him about how um, in the UK, you know, you it, it's a melting pot of, of various cultures, you know, yeah. and people from around the world, various nationalities. And he didn't he couldn't get that because even though he's in Italy, he still is in this mini Nigeria. You know, the people that he communicated with were still very much Nigerian in, in everything they did. I mean, we used to go to town meetings and stuff like that. It was oh, like, very, very cultural and um, very traditional. And so when he came over, before he came over, I went to my pastor and, and the prophet of my church at the time. My, my pastor, God bless him, was, um, he understand, he spoke, I think he was in Igbo, I can't remember. Um, so he understood. But I said to him, listen, can you help me? I, I went to his house. I went to my pastor's house. He taught me how to cook a gussy soup, you know, and and um, uh, semolina at the time. And and uh, what was it? A gussy and what was the other one? It was, Is it F-O-R-U? No, we didn't go that deep. No, we didn't go that deep. We didn't go that deep, no. I think it was just the Augustians. It's something else I think it was. But he taught me how to fix this because I really wanted to be able to provide for him. I wanted to be yeah. able to, to, to do as much as I could. I yeah. wanted to be able to embrace his culture right. and everything. Um, so even the clothing that we wear, you know, that we wore, we always had matching clothes because we were in, in Italy. I mean, we were celebrities, you know, in the sense that um, we always, there was always a celebration for us. And um, we would always have the matching clothes. And so I wanted to be able to um, bring that here for him as well, but mm -hmm. still have him um, get an understanding of what life was like in the UK. So I asked him, I said, listen, can you help me with this guy when he comes in? The first night he came in, you know, he goes and we, we moved into this big house that we had because before we were living somewhere else and I made sure that my family did not walk into that house before he did he was the first person to turn the key in that five bedroom um you know three level townhouse because I believed in him being the priest of my home the head of the yeah. home yeah you know this is the pastor and he just abused that just totally totally abused that and I said to my pastors, I said, listen, I need you to help me. So we went to meet them um, at their house. We went to my pastor's house. The prophet and his wife is there. My pastor and his wife is there. And my, the prophet at the time of the church said to me, this is, this is how he explained it. He said, for 15 minutes, this man put you on a pedestal. And for the next hour, he just tore you down. Wow. And he said, he said to them, every relationship that she has built, I will destroy. I will destroy it. And it's going to be on his terms that it gets built up. Who I, who I associate with it. So he didn't want anything to do with my family, my kids. He didn't want anything um, like that. He wanted it all about him and who I, anything, everybody I moved with had to be around how he wanted it and stuff like that. That's so, a yeah, serious uh, uh, narcissist sociopath or whatever all rolled into one basically like you know what's so crazy is like everything i've told you is just skimmed <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay we're gonna uh, it's, it's okay i i 
feel that there are layers to this. There's so much layers to it, which, you know, we can't unpack um, in this episode, but I know, you know, at some point <laughs> we might try to another time. You now divorce from this man completely because that was it. First of all, how did you get your healing from this? Because, you know, healing is such a big thing now. Like now we recognize what it is that you need to heal in order to move on so that you don't have, you don't lay, have this um, destructive path. Like how did you get closure and like, you know, move on from that? So again, for me, the church was always, you know, my solace. That was, that's all I've ever known. I mean, so, so throughout everything, I still, that was, that was always my go-to. Do you know what I mean? There were there was points where it got so bad I would go to sleep with earphones in my ears, just just listening to worship music. That was when my my love for for music, gospel music, increased even the more mm-hmm. because that was that was all I had. You know, my relationship with God, getting into my Word, praying, um, studying the Bible, anything, being in church, anything to do with church, I was there. Any church organization function, whatever, was, I was just there because I needed to be around people who um were were healthy yeah um, spiritually definitely and so yeah it was just really delving just just into into the things of god just spending time allowing god to to heal the broken pieces and i knew that if there's anyone that can heal me god you are the same god yesterday today and forever you did it before you do it again yeah. so i just held on to god through everything how can this happen again you know, why is it happening again? I was just glad it was over. Mm. Um, and, and, and again, do I really let this go? It was, it was crazy because, um, I actually knew, uh, probably about a year and a bit that it was going to be over between us. Right. Uh, the prophet of the church, um, called me at the time, uh, to his home and I went to his home and he said to me, um, God said, that's not your husband. Wow. And I was like, I, I mean, I remember sitting in his, in his living room and just wailing like a baby. Mm. And it wasn't even because he said anything that was foreign to me. It was because God, you're gossiping about me. Like you're telling my business, this is supposed to be our secret. <laughs> and he told me, he said, God said, um, you have a choice. He said, you can either stay in this marriage and I'll sort it out or you can end it and I'll sort it out. And my thought was, I can do bad all by my damn self. I am not going through this again. I made that decision there, but I also didn't do anything about it for over a year later. And I think it's probably because I was hoping that there would be a turnaround for him. Um, I was hoping that it would get better. But no. And it really didn't. Uh, it it yeah. really got worse. So he wasn't in the house at the time. Um, he was living down in London with a friend and I knew that his, um, you know, he, he, he could be explosive. And so um, I had a friend living with me at the time and I said, listen, this is what I need to do. I need to go and make this call. I need to go and see him and let him know that it's over. And he was quite shocked because he thought that there was no fighting. There was no arguments, nothing. He yeah. kept saying that, but we're not fighting. We're not arguing. And I went to him and I picked him up. We went to a McDonald's and I just put the rings you know, on the table. I'll never forget it was in March. I lived in Brinsdown. Well, he lived in, in Enfield at the time. And I was in Milton Keynes. And I said, as soon as I get enough money, I'm going to divorce you. That wow. was in 2000 and, yeah, 2010. 
now that you're divorced and everything like that now i want to know this how did you and samuel reconnect again because and i see the similarities in both your relationships because you were both in kind of like abusive relationships so i want to know from sam i want to hear this from samuel actually when did you reconnect with rendell again and so how- let me let me let me just interject it at one minute because i'll let him talk say this but we never stopped we never stopped um being friends because we have kids right and so yeah. we had agreed that um we have to be cordial even for mm-hmm. the friend and i'll tell you what was so crazy about it so i grew up in i wouldn't say it was a blended family but i grew up with my dad um having a girlfriend right who i called mom mm-hmm. and my mom and her at the in in the early stages you know they they had their stuff but as we matured they were still respectful towards each other right. so i thought that when sam got married to the person that he got through that we would have that same type of relationship yeah. but she was at the beginning like before they got married they were she was cool but once they got married she wanted nothing to do with me wow but because we had kids we stayed friends if right. that makes sense okay yeah sure, yeah. sure. okay how did it then begin from you continuing to be friends? What changed? <laughs> okay. Yeah, Brendel changed. I used to see a lot of stuff that she used to do. Like, she used to send me stuff. I said, Brendel's fully in the church now. She's, and I said, like, wow. And I always, I think I always told her they're going to come get back together. So you knew you'd kind of get back together? Really? He said so. He said so. But you never thought, nah, no way. We're not getting back together. No. Not not even nah, no way. My son reminded me, he said, mom, do you remember when I used to to, um, pray that you and daddy would get back together? My oldest son. And he said, you actually told me don't ever pray like that again because it's not going to (laughs) happen. And truly, people will say to me, yeah, you're going to get back. I was like, the blood of Jesus. We are not (laughs) going back. (laughs) I'm telling you. It's all my day happening can't no I, I actually did not want I didn't want him I mean I grilled him I grilled him when he said he's come back I said come back for what wow Nigga, what are you coming to do in my life because <laughs> I just, listen we ain't got time what do you want what what are you bringing to what so then what did you say so who then decided let's give this a go again like whose decision was it and you know what had been the conversations leading up to that so he actually called me um I think it was August and one year yeah. and he said I did it because I would like you said I was I was very heavy in the church and but before that you should come home a lot yeah oh yeah tell, well, you tell him that part <laughs> <laughs> well she used to come home a lot and I, back home I was a taxi driver mm. for 20 years and I was always the one to pick her up and then he'd like he'll pick me up from the airport whenever yeah. I arrived he would pick me up from the airport. Right, and right. The walk-in mornings and all that type of stuff. And I like that, you know, and I was saying to myself, yeah, I want, I want to dial back. I want her back. Yeah, as, as I was telling her the other day, like sometimes you come back home, I'm like, why you wouldn't call me now? Like what, you know, you would come and say like, come hang out with me or stuff like that. <laughs> but I really, you know, she was in the church and settled in the church and I wanted her back. And the thing is, whenever I went home, I was always on assignment. So um, I would always be brought back to do one thing or the other when I went home. Um, so I was focused. This is back to Bermuda, right? 
yes, whenever I, yeah, whenever I went back to Bermuda, um, you know, I was brought in to do either church service or um, somebody's wedding or, you know, I was, so I was always focused when I went. And for me, it was like, I'm all about my focus and not, like I said, at, even, even then when I went back home, I was still married. Mm. So I wasn't even entertaining him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't, I don't have time. I don't, I didn't even know, even though he's a joke about it, I never took him seriously. And I was not even looking in his direction at mm. all, at all, at all, never. Cause I always said it like there's, my friends used to tell me like the year before we, I think the year before he, he actually um, asked me to marry him, my friends, it was like, people were telling me, for instance, um, I think it was not last year, year before last, I was working and I sent out this post. And when I sent out this post, I mean, I sent it out to, to, to many people, it's gotta be at least three years ago. And I sent it out to a friend of mine who, she's a, a prophetess in, you know, in Atlanta. And she sent me back a message. She says, I was about to respond to your post. And just as I was about to respond, God said, Brendel's getting married. And we were just about to start. We were actually in our 21 days of fasting and praying with, with you know, at that time, I think it was, yeah, the Liberty Church or Trinity Church. Not too sure. So when she said that to me, I was, we were fasting and praying. He had called me a few months before to say, guess what? I did it. You know, and I was like, did what? Because I used to encourage him, like, you got to get back into church. Because he always said to me that once he got his divorce, he would rededicate his life to Christ. Yeah, yeah. So here I am waiting, for, like, not really waiting for him, but hoping that he would just, I just wanted to know that he was going to, he was going to get, you know, his life right. That, that was the, if, if you're even considering connecting with me, you need to rededicate your life to Christ. Mm. So when he called me and he told me that, again, I still didn't even think that, you know, we were going to hook up. Oh, okay, you got your life right with Christ. Thank you, Jesus. That's one off the list. You know, my prayers. Okay, keep moving. My father's children, you know, my children's father, sorry, is um, in the church. Fine. Tick that box. Keep moving. And when she called me, the lady called me and said, um, God said, you're going to get married. And she told me a whole bunch of other things. And I have been talking to him and we have been talking and I called him and I said, you would never guess what did, you know, so-and-so just said. And we were like, yeah, okay, whatever. Not thinking of it. He said, I told you I'm coming back for you. I told you I'm coming back for you. I was like, yeah, whatever. And the thing is, she said to me that the person was near to me. Like they were, they were around me. They weren't far from me. But I still didn't even look at him because I was sort of like seeing somebody else. So you know, was, like I was, I was interested in somebody else. What made you change your mind in the end? Like. Oh, I'll tell you what sealed it for me. I went to sorting out with Reverend Joe Eliam. Oh. And yes. And that's pastor's pastor. So I was like, okay. And all I kept doing was praying like, okay. Cause like, you like, you get to have a one-to-one -one afterwards. And I was like, okay, let me get in to see Reverend Joe. Like, I really want to see him. And like you, you do three days. We went up to Birmingham. We done three days in the hotel. You know, that's where we had the retreat. And when I had called Sam and I told him that I was going to go to the street and he says, yes, I'm up praying for you. And I'm like, whoa, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a real movement, like, uh -huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. 
And so it was at the end of the retreat and I knew I really wanted to speak with Pastor. I didn't want to, I really, my heart's desire was not to really hear from anybody else. I really wanted to speak to him. And when I had my one-to-one with him, you know, he shared some things and I said to him, um, my ex-husband wants to marry me. And he said, have you forgiven him? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, but I'm the one that he should be forgiving me. You know, he said, have you forgiven? I was like, yes. He says, okay, no problem. Girl, I could wait, got to church the next Sunday. I think it was a Friday night service, something. And I walked in and I said to Pastor Eddie, I was like, Pastor Eddie, I'm getting married. He's like, you are? I was like, yes, I need to talk to Pastor. Because my thought was, if I talk to the grandfather, then of course my father and the Lord, you know, I got the grandfather's approval. My father and the Lord is going to be all up for this. And I remember when I told Pastor, he said it was the beginning of the year, and he said that's the best news I've heard. And I was like, yes, oh all right, God. I've got Granddad's approval, I've got Daddy's approval, so like, yes, we can do this. And it wasn't even about going because my my, um, my biological father has dementia, so it was really important for me knowing that my spiritual father, my covering was um, behind you and said yeah he was yeah he was in support of it that meant the world to me yeah. to have um their support so once you know once I got passes of it was like right let's go yeah amazing and then of course like Samuel you propose and then you guys actually because <laughs> we're because of the situation that we're in right now you guys got married during lockdown because you actually wanted to get married back in Bermuda didn't you but you had to switch mm-hmm. up plans um switch up plans to do it in the UK and you know which which so you guys got married in 2020 Congrat- yeah. massive congratulations to that now I need to I need to ask you this like what things did you learn obviously because we all grow did you have to, did you have to like understand that what how you were when you were younger is completely different that you you definitely had to change like you had to you had to grow. What did you learn from your previous relationship, from the first time you got married to the marriages that you had in between to now? And I'll start off with you, um, Samuel. <laughs> Friend, I was looking like, so you want to say that? You want to talk that talk? <laughs> um, what did I learn? Like I said, she was just different, 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 completely different. Basically, where that mess is going, that's... Here's a question, yeah. What did you learn about yourself? Um, just trust in God. Mm. Just trust in God. He'll, he'll pull you through. Yeah. And what about you, Brendel? Um, I need more patience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know what? I was really... Like, once, once we decided, because we drove all the way to Bournemouth to get mm. engaged, um, he got down on one knee and it was like, all right, that went how I planned it, but yeah, okay. I mean, that's, that's... <laughs> um, yeah, right, okay. It was, it was, yeah, not even I planned it. This is what he said he wanted, like he wanted to go on the beach and 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 get engaged. And I was thinking, where are we gonna find a beach in the UK? Like for where this is not for me then. <laughs> our plans, like you said, our plans was for um for Bermuda, I mean, yeah, that that's where we were planning on going home, getting married. I really wanted to be married on a beach. Um, so the whole wedding was set, venue, everything. You know, we were just wrapping up 
the bits and pieces of how it was going to go. And he was here uh, in July, and then he came back again in December. And then he went home at the beginning of February, just before. So we had, we actually had a prophecy. So we went to church like on the January, uh, yeah, January 30th, I think it was. And no, it was um, the supernatural Mm -hmm. shift. And there was an amazing prophecy that um, God gave us through um, our pastor, which for us, I mean, being engaged, it was, it was just solidified everything for us. Um, if, if there was any doubt of whether or not we should be married or not, it was just really awesome. And, um, then he left and he went back in February and I was trying to say, no, you know, you got to stay, you have to stay. And he was so adamant that he had to go home and sort things out at home. And then lockdown happened, you know, this pandemic hit. And I was like, see, I told you to stay. And, you know, it would have been different if you were here. And then everything changed because we couldn't travel anymore the way we wanted to. And we thought it was really unfair to have people um, to come and do this amazing wedding that we had planned. And, but not knowing people's um, circumstances and them not working all that time and stuff. And so, you know, everything had to change here. So because we didn't have just the whole story into that was nothing but God, our entire marriage during that lockdown was God. I mean, there were some things that happened um, that we had to do just to be able to get married, like just to have the papers to be married that were just so out of the box. The, the way that people, that God used people from our church that were ordained to do certain things mm. um, just really helped to facilitate us really be married. We had to go and I can't even begin to tell you because there are some things that we shouldn't have done that we end up doing, thank God, Um, just to be able to get married. But it was um, the favor, the favor. I mean, it, it was almost like every week, probably a month before, two months before the marriage, things just, I mean, just flooded. God just escalated the favor over our lives and just lined up people and things just to be in a, it was on, I would come and I would say, oh, guess what? This has happened. And guess what? This has happened. And so when he actually came in, people couldn't believe it. We're living together, but never intimate. Do you know what I mean? Like he came, the, when he came in July, he stayed with us, never intimate. We didn't even sleep in the same bed, nothing like that. Wow. You know what I mean? And wow. I think it was because we were, we were mature. Mm-hmm. Um, not only were we mature, but Sam had had an encounter when he was single um, with the demonic presence. And that was actually what pushed him to go to the church. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Um, and he also knew that because it happened in the way that it did happen, he didn't want to be intimate with anybody. Mm-hmm. So for years, he hadn't been in a relationship with anybody, committed to anybody or, or even intimate with anybody and so it was he, he did not want that to to get in the way of us you know um he didn't want that to be anything that we did so we had already made up in our mind that we would not be intimate until we got married right wow um, so you did the whole celibacy thing as well not even a kiss i'm telling you not even a kiss nope wow nothing wow nothing like that so like for over 
a year. I think the closest. And I was teasing about the engagement ring about kissing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like if you want the ring, you're gonna have to kiss me. I'm like, bro, keep your ring. You know, like not just not having it. And again, I think a lot of it had to do with 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 my stand and, and my relationship at that time. Like the the title of the minister that mm-hmm. people knew me as. So I had to the call of God on my life. So for me, I had to stay focused. I I didn't want our testimony to be one that, okay, she's preaching one thing. She's counseling young people. And then one thing, thing different. And then another thing. Yeah, yeah, I, mean? so yeah. I had to make sure that I'm not, I'm practicing what I preach. Mm-hmm. What's it like being married now? Being remarried for the second time. How does that feel? Sam has it's a good. huge smile on his face for the benefit it's of listening. Sam has a huge Like I said, it's just completely different. Like, you know, well, thank God. Mature. Yeah, I'm mature. I'm mature. Mm. Yeah, so. It's a lot of fun because we, we, we laugh. We laugh just about every day. And do you think that was what was missing in the beginning? Like, if you knew what you know now back then, do you think that you would have been married for a lot longer than you you were? Of course, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I, I I also believe that it was purpose. Do you know what I mean? I think that we had to go our separate ways. Mm. We had to have the stories that we have so that we're able to come back. And, you were um, young then, weren't you? You were both really young. Well, you were young and yes. 16, so it was just like... I Very young. You were, your thinking then is definitely different to, you know, to what it is now, I guess. So one of the questions I'm going to ask you both, what would be your advice to those, first of all, who are rekindling love again, things that need to do, and also for those who are going to be getting married, what kind of things do they need to be thinking about going into this marriage thing? Because there's one thing that you said right at the beginning, which was you liked the idea of being married or the whole marriage thing, but not necessarily the marriage was you ready. First thing to go to some nice marriage counseling. Yeah. Mm. So that's before marriage. So before you do the marriage, would you advise it whilst you're married as well? Of course. It's good. And what about you, Brendel? What would be your advice? So for those that are considering rekindling the relationship, I would say um, you have to know who you are in Christ first. Mm. If you're going to try to rekindle anything and God is not in it, it's not going to work. Um, because your flesh is going to get in the way, your emotions are going to get in the way, um, those memories and stuff are going to get in the way. But when you really allow God to heal you, and that's important, you you have to be healed from your past. Mm. You have to face you. You have to deal with some hard truths that you are not. Um, you're not the 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 person that you really think you are unless you've really taken time to look at yourself. Mm. Um, and you cannot please anybody. I, I say this all the time. Your happiness is not going to come from having another person in your house. Unless you know how to be happy, you know, within. If you're looking for somebody to make you happy, that means that it's going to be short-lived. Mm. It's not going to work. You have to be content in your relationship with God. So much so that uh, on, on your own, so that when that person comes, you're just adding to their life. You are not their life. Like their, their, their existence is not gonna make you 
this complete and whole person that you're looking to be. You have to do that for yourself. And that has to be found first in Christ. Mm. When you know who you are in God, when you have this amazing relationship with God, then anybody that's coming into your life is just like, yeah, it's, it's a bonus, but they're not the begin and the and ending of anything. Love that. Yes, ma'am, to that. And I guess you have to be, you have to be whole within yourself and you have to be happy within yourself before you feel that someone else can fill that void. Because I think my friend and I were talking about the other, saying the other day, like, even though she's with someone, she said, he can never make me happy like God can. And only I can make myself happy, but he's just an addition to that. But you have to be able to know who you are, make yourself happy. And obviously God be at the center of just that and whatnot. So, um, yeah. That's absolute facts. I mean, it has to be, um, it has to be God. It has to be God in everything. And so if you're wanting to rekindle, um, one of the things that I always counsel uh, young people on is, Take some time out to find who you are and do those things that you've always wanted to do. Mm. You know, we just had this conversation uh, last week where, you know, you're holding your breath, waiting for this man to come. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go and travel. I'm not going to go into these wonderful things until I find somebody in my life. And then when he comes, he, you find out, oh, he doesn't even like travelers. Like, are you for real? No. Do you oh, know what I mean? You have to have traveling. like traveling. Oh, please. I beg. <laughs> <laughs> but have those have those difficult conversations you know yeah. um get to get to see him angry get to see do do things you know that would get on his nerve just to see how he's going to react mm. you need to be, if you're choosing to go and live with this person you really want to know what he's like you know at his week time surprise him you know in in different places circumstances find out where if he's saying this is where he's going to be you're not stalking but you just want to know how people deal with every type of situation so that when you get in there You've already got these rings. It doesn't come as a surprise for you. You know, take your time. This is not, um, I love what Pastor Bimbo Falalali says. And that's, you know, when you're dating, you're actually collecting data. You know, you're collecting information on this person. Uh -huh. Is this a person that I want to be able to spend the rest of my life with? But how do you, like, how do you chew, you know, in public? Um, do you flush the toilet after each year? You know, just, it sounds crazy, but if you if you're raised into a house where let's say um, you know they have an outhouse and you have a toilet, so the way that they use a the toilet out in the outhouse they'd be completely <laughs> different to how you're dealing when you're in your house. You know, all those type of things they shouldn't come as a surprise to you because you've had these conversations, these, yeah. these really challenging conversations. Um, talk about who's going to take out the trash. You know, um, let's have that sex talk. You know, how do you like it? How many times do you want it? You know, how do you want it? Um, and again, they, they're not, um, I wouldn't see their intrusive question is if these are, if this is a person that you say you're going to spend the rest of your life with, I want to know what do you think about these things? Mm. You know what I mean? I want to know how you think some people, you know, I, I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens, <laughs> but it's not until they walk down the aisle that they find out that she is actually a he. Not oh a my God. Oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or, or I had this amazing sex change that I didn't tell you. What? Oh my No, that is... <laughs> you know, like oh, we God. have these conversations so that you know um, I heard somebody say it today um, in passing. Don't take my options. Don't take my options away from me. Don't take my choices away from me. Let me make those decisions. But tell me, you know, tell me these things so that I'm able to make that decision. I'm able to make that choice of 
do I really want to go ahead with this or not? But you not telling me means that I don't, you know, you've taken that choice away from me to, to make it on my own mm-hmm. and have an informed decision about anything that I do and where I want to go. So, yeah. yeah, but definitely take time out, do that background check, do the background check, do the background check. I want to know your mama. And you know what's so interesting, even in, in our culture. So when you're going to date somebody, they want to know who your mama is, who's your mama. Who's your, because you come from an island, so everybody's pretty much cousins. You know what I'm saying? So I need to know how distant down the line are you, <laughs> you know, in, in, in relations. Uh, seriously, because my, my brother was dating our cousin for years, you know, but we didn't know how close it was. And, you know, that was one of the reasons that they broke up. Ha! Um, I know. It suddenly clicked like your brother was dating one of your cousins. Wow. Wow. You know happened. Um, yeah. But it's it's Later. important to really do the background check, get mm-hmm. the dirt, get everything you want to know, everything that was hidden under the rug. And sometimes they say that the past stay in the past. But if you know that there is a possibility of that past coming up to really be detrimental to your health, mm-hmm. then no, that's that's not something that needs to stay in the past. That's really something that should be shared. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Wow. My gosh, I know this has been so like, so refreshing to hear because you don't really get many, we don't hear many stories of, you know, when you're, you're, you get married the first time, but then you remarry the first, the person that you were with, like that's so far and few between. Um, But to hear your story on how it all started and then how you both acknowledge your own parts in your own relationship and what you did, because some people don't really, acknowledge their parts and what they did they think it's just the other person but the fact that you both did is amazing and then you managed to so many years later because of your kids being I think the kids were the probably the the driving force of this you know of you being able to come back together again I actually think it was my relationship with with God that was my driving point but there's two things that I want to say just before you go to to run up one of the things I just remember as you were talking just now when we were dating initially one of the things that I always remember saying to him is that I want us to be friends before we will love us. Right. We should always be able to talk. The sex may stop, but as long as we can continue to have a conversation, mm. then we're good. Mm. So it was important that we were friends and developed a friendship before we became lovers. Mm. And then the second thing that you said just now when we were talking, I remember during my healing process, Right. So even when we first, so we've been here for like 16, I think we're going on 17 years now, 16 years, 2005. Yeah. So we've been here for almost 16 years on the UK, but he has always been there, like supporting us financially during the hard times and stuff like that. Mm. Um, because my ex-husband, you know, wasn't working. So he wasn't, he didn't think that it was his need to be financing somebody else's child. So um, he was always there financially for us, taking care of us. And I remember doing my, pardon? Even when you were married to, to, wow. It's my friend. Yeah. And that's what he always said. You know, we're friends. You know, we're friends. If if there's ever a need, you know, I'm going to be there for you no matter what. You know, you're the mother of my children. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was definitely our financial support for, for me and my kids during that time. And it was during my healing process, I remember calling him and for us apologizing to him, mm. um, apologizing to him for the hurt that I had caused him. Yeah. 
um, and acknowledging that that pain was because of something that I did, you know, asking him to forgive me um, because I realized I had caused him great pain. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't enough just for me to, to say that I'm being healed, but I also had to acknowledge that I had caused great pain to somebody who did not deserve it. Mm -hmm. And he honestly didn't deserve it. And then I thanked him, you know, I thanked him for his continuous love um, for me. And then when we, um, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to be emotional. <laughs> um, when, when he asked me to, to marry him and it wasn't coming up until like a few months before, I had like this wow moment. And I realized that he actually taught me what it meant to be Christ-like because even though I had hurt him, he still forgave me wow. and loved me in spite of wow. everything that I had done to him. Like he, I, I don't deserve, I didn't deserve someone like him. He is an absolute godsend. And absolutely, he is the gentlest, the kindest, patient, just man that I've ever, ever met. Do you know what I mean? He's so um, supportive of anything. As you can hear, I'm, I'm the one that's out there. You know, I'm, I'm the busybody. I'm doing everything. And he's just the constant, like, you go do what you got to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. You know, he don't mind staying at home, whatever. He's enjoying the rides, so, you know, when we, now we're <laughs> You know, now we're out and about and we're doing wins. things. It's like you win, he wins. You got his surname, so it's like we're getting this together. Just amazing. Um, and it's it was an easy fit because he knew me. You know, I didn't have to. I didn't have to. It, there was no pretense. You know what I mean? I didn't have to to put on with him. Mm -hmm. He just knew me, so we just fit. Like it was just comfortable. You know, like how could I have thought about being with anybody else? I don't have to learn somebody again yeah yeah you know he he, he knows me and so it yeah. was really really easy yeah amazing oh I, I just love your story it's just so it's just heartwarming it's it's hopeful as well you know and and I pray that anybody who's watching or listening to this you know and they're at that point in terms of is this the person that they want to get back with again go back to God and and see what he says and, and I guess pray about it and um, you know, and if it is, it is. And if it isn't, it isn't. You move on. But again, your words of wisdom in terms of, you know, things that you need to look out for at the beginning of your relationship or when you're starting out or getting back has been wisdom of nuggets. So thank you both so much uh, for joining me. Like, this, it's, it's just been so, oh, I just kiss. I'm so cool. <laughs> love it, love it. But seriously, it's just been so fascinating hearing your story. And the thing is, I know we could go on for ages because. There's so much more to your story. There's this layers upon layers. And I know that one, one of these days, I'm just going to let you talk and you just, just let it happen because I think it's fascinating. So thank you both so much for taking out the time. And, and I just pray that God continues to bless you both and use your examples of like what it means to be, like you said, Christ-like, you know, to love God, to love one another, to love God, to love each other like God loves us. Um, but yeah, thank you for being a great example. Like, and just been an encouragement to so many others as well so um thank you for being my first guest as well you guys have been brilliant i appreciate you both for definitely thank you so so much for having us and our prayer is um 
that God allowing us to reconcile mm. and reunite. We, we call ourselves the hash, hashtag the reunited lambs. Love it. <laughs> um, is, um, you know, would, would be somebody else's story that our story from 25 years of being uh, separated and divorced would be an example of somebody that God is able. If God's in it, and listen. There's nothing else. Nobody can do anything else if God is in it. Nobody can stop it. Or which is an amazing thing definitely I'm what you mean thank you both so much so guys um, I'm going to be back again with another episode of Candy with Lady T delving more into relationships um, you can follow the podcast on Spotify iTunes Google all the usual places and um, you know I'll be putting the links in the boxes description of how you can continue to follow join the conversation and also um, yeah share your thoughts on what you've heard today and yeah, you know the things that you've learned. So um yeah, until next time. Bye.